Hey everyone, welcome aboard. Yep, that's easy for me to say. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you with us today, New Hope Radio. I'm thinking about three kinds of people today. The status quo people, where they accept things just as they are, and they do nothing to change or improve them. Then you've got the overreactors. These people jump into a situation, it does need attention, but it's like putting out a fire, a match, with a fire hose. Hmm. And then you get the movers, those who rise up to meet the need. Which category do you think you belong to? I believe Moses belonged to category number three, the movers. And we're going to see why today. You are listening to New Hope Radio. If you're listening live, 1590 AM dial, 92.7 FM dial, WARV. If you're listening to the Hope Club podcast, it's because you're listening on demand. And we are there for you 24 hours a day on demand. You can hear these wonderful Word of God. So important that we feed our soul with the Word of God. We're in a series entitled Life Lessons from Bible People. And today we arrive at the man Moses. You know, there were several times in Moses' life where he stepped up and he did something about a ah, a unique situation. We're going to begin in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. It came about in those days when Moses had grown up, they went, he went out to his brethren. Now apparently, and you might be familiar with the story of Moses, he grew up the first 40 years in Egypt, but at some point discovered huh, that he was a Hebrew. Perhaps maybe by Pharaoh's daughter, who took him in, or one of the nurses who found him floating in the basket in the Nile River, somebody told him he was adopted and he was a Hebrew. So one particular day he went out to his brethren and he looked on their hard labors. Remember now, Moses, he's he's a prince of Egypt. And the Hebrews, well, they're the slaves. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, a dirty rat, beating up on him. One of his brethren. You know, the Egyptian taskmasters, they were just that. They were cruel taskmasters. Numbers 12 says that Moses was a very humble man, more than any other man, on the face of the earth. I'm like, man, you know, there's two guys in the Bible that stand out more than anybody. In Numbers, in the Old Testament, Moses was the humblest man of the whole earth. And we get, when we get to the Gospels, John the Baptist was, the, Jesus said, there was no other man like him, that he was the greatest born among women. Got two men. Man, they really stand out. Can't wait to meet them in heaven, huh? So Moses, being the humble man that he was, this had to be very cruel treatment that struck Moses right at his core for him to defend his fellow Hebrew. 
Moses wasn't prideful. He wasn't an antagonist. He wasn't looking for a fight. But he saw a man being treated, treated in a way he never should be treated. So Moses, the Bible says, looked this way and that. And when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and he hit him in the sand. Now, many say that Moses took an authority that wasn't his when he killed the Egyptian. Based on the fact that he was a very humble man, I think the death was an accident. I think Moses went to get the guy off the Hebrew and he pounded him. But, you know, Moses was strong. You know, Moses was a wrestler. He was like WWF wrestler. And he, maybe he didn't even know his own strength. We're going to see some qualities that Moses had today. And when he connected with that guy, man, boom, that was it. Lights out. And Moses like, oh, man, now i got to hide this guy. And he buried him in the sand. I don't think he meant to kill him. He was just defending the Hebrew from abusive treatment. Now remember, Moses spent the first 40 years of his life, he was being groomed by the Egyptians. The ancient historian Josephus, he records, in Moses' first 40 years, he did a lot. Here's what he did. He led Egypt's army as a general into Ethiopia, where he took an Ethiopian wife to secure peace with the Ethiopians rather than put them to the edge of the sword. As a prince of Egypt, he received the best education available in governmental administration, arms, trade, religion, science, music, art, literature, architecture, and many other fields. You know, we're told that Moses designed many of the buildings of Egypt. He was an architect. So, in this way, I want you to really think about this. God used the royal house of Egypt to prepare his chosen servant for the massive operation of leading, oh yeah, stiff-necked people Israel for 40 years through the wilderness. Moses had a secular education But it still came in handy in being a spiritual leader for Israel. Think about that. Think about that. As a revelation. You know, what you learn in the world can be still used as an asset in your service to God. It still can. Moses had a worldly Egyptian education. And yet God used it to groom him to be, here it comes, the deliverer. He was the deliverer that led the people out of Egypt. So now, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, you know what he did? He tried to kill Moses. Oh, he was mad. Oh yeah, Pharaoh's like, that Moses, he killed one of my soldiers? But you know what Moses did? He fled from the presence of Pharaoh, ran away, settled in the land of Midian, And here he is now, sitting down by a well. You know, Moses is like, oh man, what am I going to do now? I had to leave that place. So, we look at 
chapter 1 of the book of Exodus, of Moses' life, and that chapter closes. But we get to chapter 2, and it opens up a brand new life in Midian. You know, though Moses' circumstances changed, his character never does. That's a good trait. Let's really think about that. Though his circumstances changed, his character never does. You know, sometimes people's character changes based on where they are. Maybe your character changes based on who you're hanging around with. You hang around with church people and your goody two-shoes. You hang around with worldly people and you buy the next round. Character changes. But with Moses, no matter where he was, his character stayed the same. That's a good trait. See, here's the principle. You are who you are, no matter where you are. That's a good rule to live by. You are who you are, no matter where you are. So Moses keeps showing that he's not a status quo individual. He's a mover. Status quo, they just like, don't do anything. No, Moses is a mover. He does the right thing at the right level at the right time. So now here's Moses and Midian, right? Hanging out by a well, wondering what's his next move. Verse 16, the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came to draw water, and they filled the troughs to water the father's flock. So, here's the girls, right? They come to the well, and they're, you know, they're going to let down the buckets, you know? Or they're going to pump, whatever, however they got. It was hard work, getting water out of a well. So, they're drawing water from a well, and they're filling up the troughs so they can water the sheep. Now, that's a lot of water. 50, 60 gallons, maybe? Uh-oh, guess what happens? Shepherds came and drove the girls away. These shepherds, they wanted to save themselves the trouble of drawing their own water. Talk about lazy. You know, their attitude is, hey, let someone else do it and we'll reap the benefit. That's a lousy way to go through life. You know that? Let someone else do it and we'll reap the benefit. That was their mindset. Let the girls draw the water. And when they fill the troughs, we're moving in. We're going to water our animals with their water. Again, Moses, he's not a status quo individual. He saw one of his brethren getting beat up, so he knocked out an Egyptian. Now he sees these poor girls, and these shepherds move in and steal their water. So in verse 17, Moses stood up, and he helped them. And water their flock. Yeah, you know what he did? He drove away the shepherds. I think this scene helps support the idea that he killed the Egyptian accidentally. Because he chased away the shepherds. He didn't beat them up. He didn't kill them. How many were there? Three, four, five, six? We don't know. We know there was more than one or two. And Moses didn't hurt them. He just chased them away. Moses isn't a killer. He's not a man of war. But he does what needs to be done at any given moment. 
And again, he was physically strong, trained for battle. Maybe he didn't even know his own strength. But I'll tell you what, he chased those lazy bums away. And Moses eventually married into the family of the girls that he helped. So now we find him grazing the sheep and something strange now begins to happen. Something happens to Moses that he never saw before. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Oh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire. What? From the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. <laughs> Moses, he, he's walking by this bush and it burst into flames. It wasn't strange that it burst into flames. You know why? Because there were these dry bushes out in that area. And sometimes it was so hot, they were just... The strange thing was, it didn't burn out. This bush, it just kept burning. Burn, baby, burn. And Moses, he said, I gotta, I gotta turn aside and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burning up. He didn't say, I gotta go see why this bush caught on fire. That didn't amaze him. Why didn't it burn out? Why did it just keep on burning? That was Moses' question. So Moses, I like this about Moses. Moses saw something out of the ordinary and he acted on it. You ever do that? You ever see something out of the ordinary and act on it? Do you ever stand in line in back of someone in a grocery store and you see something out of the ordinary? They don't have enough money to pay for all their groceries. So the the cashier takes the milk or takes the cereal and puts it aside or takes the orange juice or the baby formula and puts it aside. Do you ever see something like that? You know what a mover does? A mover says, wait a minute, put that back. I'll cover it. That's a mover. That's what Moses would have done. I hope God's people do things like that. That God's people find themselves being deliverers of their own sort. See, Moses, when he saw something out of the ordinary, he acted on it. And you know what? So should we. At this point, I made a huge theological discovery. And you know what that discovery was? Moses did not live in La La Land. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't live in La La Land. You know what the hit song of La La Land is? Mind on me, mind on me, no one else can I see. That's the number one billboard hit song. Moses didn't live like that. 
Moses lived life where he looked around. That's how he lived. Two things about Moses. He was observant of the people and the circumstances around him, and he acted on what he saw. And that's why, you know, it's it's good that as God's people, you know, we don't live in la-la land either. But we go through life with our eyes wide open. And we're sensitive to the things around us and the needs around us. You know, you, you, you see someone with the hood open on their car in the parking lot. That means they're in trouble. They need help. Go over and find out what. You see someone that doesn't have enough money for their groceries. They're in trouble. You try to help them out. You do what you can. See, that's getting your head out of the clouds and not living in the land of the lalas. Because of this, it was at that place that Moses met God. He saw the burning bush that would not burn up. I got to go find out why this bush isn't burning up. And he met God there. Because at that place, God revealed his plan for Moses' life. Wow. It was a un- in a unique situation that Moses discovered who he was, who he was to be in God. In verse 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, that's what God was waiting for. Moses didn't keep on going. Oh, nice bush. Keep going. No, man, he investigated. And when God saw that, God, you're not going to believe this. God called, well, I hope you believe it. God called to him from the midst of the bush. Look at a talking bush. It wasn't that the bush was talking. God was in the bush talking. And God said, Moses, Moses. You know what Moses said? (laughs) Here I am. You know what he didn't say? That bush is talking to me. He didn't say that. He said, here I am. The bush knew his name. How'd that happen? How did the bush know Moses' name? You know how? Because God was in the bush. God's there. This is why you cannot go through life in la-la land. The circumstances you find yourselves in, God may be in it too. You wonder how many circumstances God arranges in your life and in my life so we can step up. So we can step up and do something about it. That's why you cannot be a status quo individual. As a child of God, you cannot be status quo. You can't go through life doing nothing. And you don't want to go through life putting out a matchstick with a fire hose. You just want to be a mover that does the right thing in the right way at the right time. Let's take a look at some of the strengths of Moses. He had the best of Egypt's education. He's the prince of Egypt. Science, military, architecture, and on and on the list goes. He learned to be a great leader. 
He was not a status quo individual. He wasn't. That wasn't him. And again, God used the secular education of Moses in the work that he had for him. You know, many of you have a secular education. You haven't been to Bible college. That doesn't disqualify you. That might give you a special qualification because the things that you learned can be used in the kingdom of God. They can be used in God's service. Right? So let's, let's, what can we learn? Let's get some life lessons for us because this series is about life lessons from Bible people. So we want to learn things for our lives that we're gleaning from them. Here's what we learned today. Number one, there are three kinds of people. There's the status quo people. They accept things just as they are and they do nothing to change or improve anything. They don't want to get involved. They are not a risk taker. They won't defend anyone. They won't step up. They're just status quo. They're just like, leave me alone. You know what their hit song is? Don't rock the boat, baby. Don't rock the boat, man. Leave me alone. I'm at peace. Just leave me alone. Status quo. I know nothing. I see nothing. I hear nothing. They're in Sergeant Schultz's army. <laughs> then we have, okay, the overreactors. They jump into, into a situation that needs attention, but it's overboard. Oh, yeah, man, it's over the top. They come out, ah, over the top. That's no good either. Then we got the movers. The movers, that's our role model today with Moses. Those who rise up and meet the need. They rise up. You may find yourself in a particular situation. Here's what I say. Don't be afraid to act on it. Don't be afraid. You know, go. I wonder, I'm going to go, let you go through the gospel sometimes and see how many times Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear should not be in the inventory of the Christian. Because Jesus tells us over and over and over again, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Rise up. You know, like the burning bush, that strange situation that you find yourself in, God may be in it. And he's calling you. He's calling on you. Yeah, you. Nobody else. You. To do something. And you know why? Things don't improve by people who do nothing. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't. Things only improve by people who do something. The do-nothings don't help anything. They don't fix anything. They don't improve anything. They don't help anything. But the do-somethings, oh yeah, man, we need them. We need you. We need the do-somethings. And you know the beautiful thing? You can be a do-something in any aspect of life, any area of life. We need 
the do-something people. So you rise up and you do something about that situation. Let me ask you, so here's the challenge today. Will you be that person? Forget what you were before today. From now on, beginning today, will you be that do-something person? Will you be a mover? Will you, will you be a person, you resigned your citizenship to la-la land, and you're not going to live there anymore. Now you're going to live in a world where your eyes are wide open, and you're sensitive to the circumstances around you. And you're going to listen for the voice of God, and you're going to hear God call, and God's going to call you to do something, and you're going to rise up. Isn't there a song, Rise Up, O Men of God? You're going to rise up and meet that occasion because you're a mover. You want to be a mover. Look at the things that Moses accomplished. This was the beginning of Moses serving God. And it went on, and he did incredible things. He wasn't perfect. We know that. But he did some incredible things for the people of God. And why can't we? Why can't we be like that? Why can't we be people that do incredible things? And we can be. We just have to live with a state of mind where we are observant, sensitive. There's a whole big world around us. It's not about me. It's not about me. There's a whole big world around us. That's why Jesus said, I haven't taken you out of the world. I've left you in the world. He leaves us in the world that we could make a difference. That as movers, we would be the people that change things. We are the do-something people that change the things that need to be changed. Let's really work on this one. That's a good one. Thanks for coming along today. I hope you accept the challenge and say, I'm going to be a mover from now on with a capital M. That's how I'm going to live. And by the way, again, you can get this on demand. You can also get these, get our podcast now on the New Hope Radio Facebook. We have a New Hope Radio Facebook, and some of the older podcasts are up there. So you can kind of catch up. And uh, we just want to keep bringing you the Word of God every way that we can. You want to join the Hope Club? Go to newhopecc.tv, click support, go to radio, fill out the information, $3 a week to be a member of the Hope Club, and you'll get three devotionals a week in an audio file and the Tuesday Challenge. Check it out. Thanks for coming along today. We'll see you tomorrow for more.